Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. If you have your Bible, open up to 1 Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17, we're going to read a very familiar story to you that all of you know. It is the story of David and Goliath. We're not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to kind of take a little portion of it out and read that to you today. Here's why I want to read this, though. It's because I'm actually wanting to create some imagery, and I'm wanting to give you a good example and a good story of, of, of what it means to fight worry and anxiety in our life. Today, I'm actually going to conclude this series. This is my third week teaching on the, the, uh, what I'm calling the worry war. And I love this story because I believe there's something that we can get from the life of David that actually applies to our life and, and the attitude and the confidence that we should have towards worry and fear in our life. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 22 says this. Um, well, let me catch you up real quick. As you know, the Israelites were fighting the Philistines. Uh, all of David's brothers got to go fight. David didn't get to go fight. David's dad kept him at home tending the sheep, but he sent David on a mission, and his mission was to take supplies and food to his brothers uh, on the battlefield. And so verse 22 says this, David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Notice what they did. They ran away in fright. Have you seen the giant, the men asked? He's, he comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. Sounds like a good deal. Verse 26, David asked the soldiers standing nearby, did I just hear what I think that guy said? That's my translation. That's the, the, the Keith Knoll translation right there. He said, will a man get, what will a man get for killing the Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? And notice what he says in this next verse. He says, who is this pagan Philistine anyway? Who is this guy? Let me just put it on my other, my other translation on this one. Who is this joker? Who is this punk? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway? Uh, cool, I, I hear about the rewards and I hear what we get, but who is this guy anyway that he is allowed? Come on, say allowed. That he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. Can I just say this to you this morning? The only influence the enemy has in our lives is the influence we allow him to have. Amen. The only influence and the only power the enemy has in our life is the, is, is the power that we allow. The only influence, the worry uh, that he brings our life, the anxiety that he brings our life is the worry and the anxious thoughts that we allow to stay in our mind. You know, I kind of feel a little bit like David when it comes to this series. 
when it comes to worry and when it comes to fear, you know what I feel like a lot of Christians are actually doing? They're, they're responding to fear and worry like the Israelite army responded to, to Goliath. They hear it, they see it, and they run in fright. They're, they're, in fact, that's, that's actually what it is. It's fear. These thoughts of fear, these, these anxious, worrisome thoughts, we, we receive them, we, we think them, and in our spirit, in our soul, we are running from them, hoping that they don't happen. And can I just be like David and just point out the fact, who in the heck do those thoughts think they are? Who do they think they are to defy the people of God? Who do they think they are to defy people like you, sons and daughters? Do you not, in other words, here's what David was saying, and here's what I want to say to you today. Do you not understand the power you have? Can I just remind you how powerful you are? How worry doesn't actually stand a chance against you? How fear and anxiety isn't the way that you are called to live? that you don't have to live that way, that you are not subject to it, you don't have to run away in fright, that you have every weapon, every tool, and everything that you need to defeat any anxious thought you ever have. I need way more amens than that. I think that we even need to be a little bit more like David. See, in this series, what I'm wanting you to grab a hold of more than anything else is I'm actually wanting you to catch an attitude. Amen. I want you to catch an attitude. I got a little attitude this morning. I want to impart some attitude to you today. I want you to have some attitude when it comes to worry. I want you to have a little bit of edge to you when it comes to fear and anxiety because those thoughts don't belong in the life of the believer. They only come to do to do one thing, to steal, kill, and destroy. Has, has anyone ever loved the, ang the anxious feeling that you get when something's going wrong? Anyone just, anyone just like love to sit in that feeling? Man, I just love the whole butterfly throw-up feeling. It feels great. Said no one ever. No one likes to have these thoughts. And I think we need to be a little bit like David. Whenever we realize that we're running away in fright, Whenever we realize that we're having these thoughts, that we're caught in anxiety, that we're stewing over and over and meditating over and over on something that more than likely will never happen, that we stand up and we start talking to ourselves like David talked to his brothers. And we would say to ourselves and we would say to those thoughts, what are you doing here, punk? Get out. Why, why we no longer allow you to be here. I no longer allow myself to think that way. I no longer allow myself to feel this anxious thought, this anxious feeling. I'll, I'll be honest with you. This is easier said than done. That's why it's called a war. And that's why it's called a fight. When it comes to worry and anxiety, it is not some cute little conversation. It's a fight. And if you're having cute little conversations in your head with yourself, it won't work because you need to stand up and fight. You need to fight against these things. I'm not condemning you. I'm not shaming you. I'm trying to rally the troops because what I want for your life and what I want for my life is that we actually live a life free of worry. Imagine that for just a second. 
Imagine what it would be like when you, if for those of you who really struggle with this, which is most of us, imagine what it would be like if you woke up and you did not have worries sitting there waiting on you. Imagine what it would be like if you woke up, you didn't feel anxious, you felt joy, you felt peace, you felt like you felt strong, you felt ready to go. You know, many of us know this scripture that the joy of the Lord is our, what does anxiety do? It robs you of joy. If it robs you of joy, guess what else it robs you of? Strength. Anxiety makes you feel weak. Worry makes you feel powerless. That's why, that's why scripture says, just getting revelation right now. That's why scripture says, when you are weak, say you're strong. When you feel weak, act strong. Anybody ever heard the term fake it till you make it? See, sometimes it takes that little extra ump, it takes that little extra edge, it takes that little extra thing where where, where worry and anxiety has gotten in and not only had you worrying and had you being anxious, but it actually has stolen your strength, the very strength you need to stand up. You got to, like, the best way I can describe it is you got to get up and give yourself a butt tap and get to going. Chest bump yourself if that's possible. High five yourself, clap, do something to wake up and say, hey, fight this thing. Come on, soul. Get up, soul. Come on, mind. Come on, heart. This thing is a war. I know you don't feel like fighting today. Wake your butt up and fight anyway. Get up. You got this. This is the beauty of being involved in the the body. Because the truth is, sometimes we ain't got that. Sometimes you need need Blake to show up and be like, hey, stop, stop doing what you're doing. I need you to fight. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. You got this. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I know it seems like you're not gonna overcome it, but you are because you always have and God's always faithful. Having people in your life. See, this is the attitude that we're called to have against worry. Now today, I, uh, I wanna dive into talking about the weapons that, act, that God has actually given us to fight this battle. How many of you are down to hear that? Anybody want to know about some weapons to fight worry? That's what we're going to talk about today. First, let's just pray. Would you bow your head? God, we thank you so much for this time. We welcome you here. Thank you that you're already here. Speak to us, God. I pray that we would receive on a whole nother level today, that we would not just receive intellectually today, but that we would receive spiritually. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 4. This is where we uh, launched from last week. We're going to be in verses 6 through 7. Here's what it says. Do not be anxious about anything. Say anything. But in every situation. Say every. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation. By prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this scripture. I, um, I really love this scripture because I know God really isn't into formulas, but you, there's kind of a formula hidden within this scripture when it comes to worry and anxiety. 
Yeah, you may not have noticed, but as we just read, we just actually read three weapons the Lord has given us against worry. There are three weapons hidden in this scripture that when you bring them out and you use them against worry, they work. I'm going to say that again. They work. They actually work against worry. And here's the three that I want to point out to you today. Number one, prayer. But in every situation, by prayer. Number two, petition. I know that's an unfamiliar word, so I'm going to unpack that here in just a moment. Number three, because I'm a good pastor, I'm going to make them all start with the same letter, praise. Thanksgiving. Prayer, petition, and praise. Ooh, and I just heard another one. Guess what those three P's lead to? The ultimate P we're looking for, peace. Prayer, petition, and praise. These are the three weapons that God has actually given us to defeat and battle worry. Now, I know that before I get into these, let me just say this. You've heard many, many messages on these, subject, these subjects. Prayer, praise, thanksgiving, all of this. It's something that we talk a lot about. It's in almost every single message. But today I'm, I want to talk about these three things in relation to worry and in relation to anxiety. And, and I'm, I want to talk to you about them like you need to use these things intentionally whenever you find yourself in an anxious moment and when you find yourself in worry. The first one is prayer. Prayer. Here's uh, some revelation the Lord gave me recently. He said, prayer isn't just something you do. It's a place you go. Prayer isn't just something you do. It's a place that you go. You see, when we started out this series, it says that cast, we read the scripture, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares about you. Guess where you are supposed to cast your cares? You cast your cares in the place of prayer. Just like you would go to a body of water and you would cast a fishing rod, you have to go to a place. In other words, you're just, if you're doing it in your backyard, it looks weird. But if you go to a, bo a, a, a body of water, that's the place where you go to cast. The, the place of prayer is where you actually go to cast your cares, cast your worry, cast your anxiety onto the feet of Jesus, onto the Lord himself. It's a place that we go. It's a place that we get to. You know, I've, I've experienced this the more and more that I've matured and the more and more relationship I've, I have with God. It's easier to actually get to this place of prayer. See, I'm, I, what I'm talking to you about is not just a physical place. I'm talking to you about a spiritual place. I'm talking to you about getting to a place with God where all of a sudden the worries start to disappear. The world gets quiet. The distraction the things you have to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you get to this place of connection and communion with God. We, we, we just sang in, in one of the lyrics that we turn our affections, we put our affection on God. It's just a slight turn. It's here we are living life, going through what we're going through, and this, it's just this little turn to God. Oh yeah, there you are. You're near. This is the place that we go when we're worried. 
Prayer is more than just something that we do. It's a place that we go. We see Jesus doing this multiple times in Scripture, right? Disciples are like, where's Jesus? Jesus disappeared. He went and got, got by himself. Why did he get by himself? To pray. He went and found a place to pray. He went and got in a place of prayer. Uh, I've told this story in this example before, but this is where uh, the Lord really taught me this scripture. Um, when I was playing in the NFL, I got drafted. I was trying to, this is in training camp. I'm trying to actually make the team. That was not a for sure thing. Um, and, and all of you know, if you, if you make the team, your life kind of changes just a little bit. <laughs> and I wanted to make the team. And uh, all that was amazing, but with that came a lot of pressure and came a lot of anxiety, came a lot of worry. I wanted to bring my, my playbook with, with me today, but I figured for 80% of the room who doesn't like football, it'd be too much, Roger, too much. But as a quarterback, we would sit in the room, and during training camp, every single day, we would install offensive plays. And sometimes we'd install multiple plays twice a day. And we didn't just talk about them and look at them. We were going out an hour to two hours later, and we were going to have to run those plays. I was going to have to know where everybody was at, where they lined up. Not only that, I had to remember how to say the stinking thing. Now, just to give you an example, anybody want to hear a play? Anybody want to hear a play? This is my, my all-time longest one that I, this, this one's nuts. This is one play. Shift to halfback, twins right open, quick scat right, double stick slop, on one, on one. Ready? That's one play. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> that was one play. An easy play with strong right, flinker short, two jet flinker drive. Like that's an easy play. And we would install these plays, multiple of them, and then have to go out. And I don't know if, I know you've never done this before, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring you into this. Do you know how embarrassing it is to get into a huddle full of grown men who are playing in the NFL and go strong right flinker, uh, coach one more time. Strong right flinker short, on one, on one, ready? <laughs> there was a lot of pressure. You want to talk about anxiety? And I know this may be a trivial example compared to the real things that we go through in life. I get that. But you know what I would do before practice? I would go find a place to pray. Because truth be told, I was a mess. And I didn't need to let anyone in on my mess and let anyone see my mess. And guess where my place of prayer was? It was in the bathroom stall. And I'd leave the locker room and I'd go to the bathroom and I'd find a stall and I'd close the door and I'd take my phone in there. And guess, guess what scripture I'd pull up? Philippians 4, 6. And I would read it over and over. Don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I would read it and I would read it and then all of a sudden it began to stick out to me oh my gosh, my playbook's right here. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray. But in everything, petition God. But in everything, praise. And I was able to find this place of prayer. And this is, this is no joke. Physically, spiritually, I would feel the peace of God come upon me. And I would feel the anxiety and the worry leave. 
you can do that with any situation that you're facing. This is the value of finding a place of prayer. I'll say this to you today because I believe it's true. We are all, every person, believer, non-believer, we are all going somewhere with our worry. We're all going somewhere with it. We're all going to some place. The question is, where are we going? You know where a lot of us go? A lot of us go to Instagram. A lot of us go to social media. A lot of us go to TV and Netflix. Some of us go to a substance. Some of us go to the weight room. Some of us go to a person. And I'm, I'm saying there's some unhealthy things in that and there are some healthy ones. Going to, there's a, that's a healthy to, to work out and get rid of, to, to distract yourself. That can be a healthy distraction. Going to a person and letting them in on your situation, very, very healthy. But I want, I want you to hear me today. The place that brings the most power is a place of prayer. It's, it's coming to a place of prayer and casting your care upon God because he cares about you. I said he cares about you. He cares about what you're going through. Let your worry, let your anxiety, let it be a signal to you today. Let it be a signal to go to a certain place. So number one, it's prayer. It's a weapon that God has given us. Number two, petition. Say petition. Now I know this isn't a word that we use very much, so the def I want to give you the definition. Petition simply means a request. It means a request. <clears throat> a more in-depth definition says this. A prayer addressed by a person to a supreme being for something needed or desired. A prayer addressed by a person to a supreme being for something needed or desired. It means to ask for a favor a grant, or a right. It means to go to someone who has the thing that you need. It means to go and petition someone who actually has the ability to give you the answer. Can I just put it in, in, in just a, an easy-to-learn um, definition? It's asking God for what you need and what you want. I want to set some of you free today. It's okay to ask God for stuff. Stop believing that it's not okay. Stop believing that you're bothering him. Stop believing that you've asked him too much. Stop believing that you've gone to him and he can't, he, he's, he's, he's too busy with all the other people and all my other requests. I can't lay one more on God. No, you can in fact, it's scriptural for you to do so. Petition him. Petition is actually a weapon. It's when you find yourself in this place of worry, you go to this place of prayer, and you begin to petition God. God, <clears throat> I have so much anxiety that I'm not going to be able to perform. Lord, I, I pray I need you to help me. I need you to, to help me play to the best of my ability. I'm going back to my analogy earlier my story earlier, or Lord, I need you to protect my kids. I'm really struggling with worry and, and, and about the protection of my kids. God, I need you. I want you to protect them. I want you to send your angels to guard and go with them. Lord, I need you 
I need you to help me and our help me and my family and my finances. Lord, we're not going to make it at the end of this month. I need you to do a miracle. And we petition God and we ask for favor. You want to know why you're able to ask for favor? Because you're favored. You have the ability to ask for a favor from God because you are the favored of God. The blood of Jesus makes you righteous. It puts you in right standing with God. It gives you ability to come boldly into the throne room of grace and say, God, I need help. Petition him. You know, many of us stop. I think this is just one of the, oh, um, I don't have a word, the word I'm looking for. One of the things that we always do is we just go to God and we say, Lord, can you just get rid of this worry? Lord, help me not to worry. Lord, take this anxious feeling from me. Help me not to be anxious. Okay, good prayer. No bad prayers out there. But I actually want you to go one step further. What do you need from him, though? What do you need? If you're worried about your finances, don't just ask him to take away your worry. Ask him to provide. Petition him to provide. If you're worried about your future, don't just say, Lord, help me get over this anxiousness when it comes to my future. No, ask God, God, would you open up doors and would you open up wisdom and strategies? Give me signs on the street. Give me signs as I drive. Give me signs as I watch movies. Lord, I need you to reveal my future. I need you to show me what I'm supposed to do with my life. Lord, I need you to show me if I'm supposed to date this person or not. I really think he's cute. I really think he's pretty awesome. But is he, is he your pick for me? And you ask him, is this the college I'm supposed to go to? Is this the job that I'm supposed to take? Lord, I feel I'm in transition right now. Well, Lord doesn't, the Lord does not let you in that a transition is coming so you can get anxious. Oh, he's like, oh yeah, watch this. They're about to get worried. Boom, transition. However, our human response is to be worried, especially in time of transition. It's not, an op- it's not an opportunity for worry. It's an opportunity for faith. It's an opportunity for belief. Is this making sense? Or we, we, we learn. It's just like, I need you to know this. It's okay to petition God. Here's a great example. If you have kids, raise your hand. If you were a kid, raise your hand. Okay, everybody, sweet. Here's the best example I can give you of what it means to petition God. It's the same as when your kids come and ask you for stuff. Has anyone ever had to teach their kids to ask for stuff? The answer to that is no. Gosh, no, we have not. They naturally know where to go. They actually know where to go. And guess what? They're not just afraid to ask. They're not afraid to continue to ask. They'll even ask when you're watching football. They don't care what you're watching. They don't care where you are, what room you're in, if you got clothes on or no clothes on, if you're in the shower, if you're busy, if you're talking. What do your kids do? They run and say, Dad, can I have a donut? Can I have more candy? You know the rule, son. You only get one piece, especially on Sundays, because they sugar you up back there. Which, by the way, it's my church, and I let them do it. Okay. 
But they ask and they ask and they ask again and again and again because they know who dad is. And they know they have favor. And they know most of the time I don't get extra candy, but there's been those, those times where dad said yes. <clears throat> it means to petition, to go to God. It's a weapon that he's given us. Number three, praise. Say praise. <clears throat> it says, in, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with praise. I can't tell you how much praise and thanksgiving does for us when it comes to worry. It puts us, praise puts us in the right mind, spe- uh, mind space. Praise puts us in the right perspective. Praise changes our perspective. It's when you're in these moments. It's when you're in this this moment of of prayer and petition and you start to ask God and you start to request things. All of a sudden, you'll switch over and be like, yeah, Lord, but I thank you. I I thank you that I am here. I thank you for the opportunity that I do have. I thank you for the job that I do have. I thank you that you've always watched over my kids. I thank you that you've always been faithful to me, that that I've come through this many times. I'm gonna come through financially one more time because you are on my side. You are my provider. And you begin to praise God. And you begin to thank him for all that he's done. Lord, I thank you that I have the house that I have, the car that I have, the friends that I have, the church that I have. And you get thankful. Guess what begins to happen? All of a sudden, the worries get a lot smaller. Thankfulness literally shifts your perspective. It takes you to a whole nother realm. It fixes your eyes on Jesus. Prayer, petition, and praise. And then I'm going to give you one more. It actually is not in Philippians chapter 4. But the fourth one is pursuit. The last one on the list is pursuit. You want to know how you defeat worry and anxiety? You want to know a great weapon against worry? Pursue the kingdom of God first. Pursue the kingdom first. Matthew 6.33, we know it, seek first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Guess what all these things are? All the things we worry about. If you go back to Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is actually teaching on worry. He concludes his message on worry with seek first the kingdom. Pursue the kingdom first. And he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about which restaurant you're going to choose after church. Don't worry about the clothes that you wear. Don't worry about being taken care of. I take care of the birds of the air. They, they, they neither sow nor reap. Look at them. The birds are an example to believers. Did you know this? Every time you see a bird, you should just in your head go, I ain't got to worry. They're still flapping around. Look like they're doing good. I bet he's going to take care of me. That's exactly what I want you to think. I just want you to think. They're still flapping around. Is that okay? Can y'all just think that? Look at that bird flapping around. Just flying like he ain't got no care. I had a young adult ministry and I titled one of the messages, Look at the Birds. 
Just look at them. You remember that message? Look at the birds. You don't? Get out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You can stay. <clears throat> he says he cares so much more about us. He knows every hair on our head. See, pursue the kingdom. He's, he'll, he'll add all that other stuff to you. The clothing, the food, your future. He's got it. I want you to think about the opportunity we have. Think about the promise in this scripture. He says, hey, if you'll just seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness, I'll add everything unto you. That's an amazing promise. You mean I don't have to worry about all of it, God? Don't worry about it. Just pursue me. I'll take care of all of it. Oh, you want to make more money? Just pursue the kingdom. You want to have more influence? Pursue the kingdom. You want to have cool clothes? Pursue the kingdom. You want to make sure that you have everything you need financially, that your needs are met, that you have the relationships you want in your life? Stop looking for a husband and start looking to Jesus. Pursue the kingdom. Pursue the kingdom. Lord, I'm going to pursue the kingdom because you're going to add the things that I need. You know what I love is when I'm facing a hard moment in life and a trial in my life and I'm worried about something, I have a promise I can stand on. Well, I know I'm going through it right now, but I also know that the kingdom of God is first in my life, which means you're going to add everything unto me, God. Can I just ask you today if he's first? Is the kingdom first in your life? Is he first in your finances? Is he first in your relationships? First in your time? First in the, just the things that you do? Is he first in your marriage? Like, is he first? Because he'll add everything unto you. I know he will. <clears throat> I'll say one last thing and I'll close. Today, as you leave, I've been preaching on this for the last three weeks. Here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want you to wake up on Mondays and think, don't worry today. Don't worry. Don't be anxious today. Don't be fearful today. Keith, you got, don't worry. This is what many of us as believers do. We hear messages like this. You hear a pastor give an example about not cussing. And the first thing you do on Monday morning is like, I ain't cussing today. Guess what you're about to do? <laughs> you're about to do the very thing that you're not trying to do. Not gonna speed the day, not gonna speed the day. Guess what is on your mind? Cussing and speeding, which, which most of us do daily. <laughs> I'm talking about y'all, not me. I never, I wear flamingo shirts. That's all I do, okay? This is not about, this is not about having a mindset to not worry. It's about having a mindset to pursue the kingdom. Do you see the difference? This is the new covenant. This is grace. Over here is the law. The law says, I'm going to do my best not to, not to, not to. Jesus never stopped at not to. He gave us the thing to do. Aren't you so thankful that he did that? He said, hey, don't be anxious. Don't worry about anything. And here's, the, here's your weapon. Pursue the kingdom of God. Put me first. Put righteousness first. 
Take out that sword of pursuit and that will defeat worry every single time. Oh, you struggle with anxiety? Find a place of prayer. Begin to petition me. Begin to praise me and thank me. And watch the worry and the doubt and the fear go. And watch the peace and the strength and the confidence come. Today, I don't know I don't know everybody's situation and I don't know what you're worried about. <clears throat> All of us have different things. I'm not gonna act like I understand and know what you're worried about, what, what you wake up to every day, what you might be anxious about. I realize it changes the older you get, the different seasons of life. There's different things that we struggle with, different things that we worry about. I may not know that, but I do know this. Prayer works. Come on, I said prayer works. Petitioning God works. Praising God works. Pursuing the kingdom works. You know what else I know? You don't have to live in worry. That's the truth. Worry is not more powerful, powerful than you. Fear. Fear. doesn't stand a chance against you. You know what fear actually does? Fear convinces you of a reality that doesn't exist. Fear convinces you it's more powerful, more powerful than you. Come on, let's just be real for just a second. I didn't know I was gonna go here, but we're going. <clears throat> That's what fear does. Fear bows its chest and it gets real big in your soul and then you get real small. See, fear wants to rob you of your identity because fear knows if, he, if this guy knows who he really is, I gotta go. If this woman understands who she really is, she's gonna send me into the pigs off the cliffside. <clears throat> I, think, I think the statistic is um, in the Bible, it says do not fear 365 times. In other words, it's something we all struggle with daily. And he's, he said it for literally every single day of the year, every single day, don't fear. Do not fear. Don't fear. You wake up, you're scared about something, don't fear. Anybody want to live free of fear, <laughs> free of anxiety, free of worry? These are the weapons God has given us. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.